myself, just on the natural level, is constituted by all kinds of relationships. I mean, myself isn't just a little isolated entity that's all, you know, completely cut off from everything else and just sort of up on a, a kind of a little tower where it looks down and sees everything. We, we feel that way. But in actual fact, everybody is influenced by everybody that he comes into contact with. And for me, I mean, myself is partly you. See? And my life would be different if, I, if, if you people weren't here and I didn't have this job. And your life would be different if you weren't here with these people. And uh, we weren't here together. So everybody, uh, his self consists in his relationships and other things with other people. All right, we're live. We're live. Check. We're live. All right, here we are. Hey, so I got a special co-host today. Uh, Jake Lodine's here with us. Check. Is this thing on? It is on. All right. I good to hear. You good to hear. Clear. Hello. Uh, are we yeah, hashtag colossal community? Is there that we go. How you address your followers? Absolutely, the all colossal right. community. Good to be with you all this uh, this evening. Yeah, this and evening. we have a very very special guest in uh, Joseph De Natale. Thanks for having me, guys. Did I pronounce that right? You got it. The yes. crowd went wild in studio. There we go. But we have it muted. It's very professional. <laughs> They're behind the big glass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, so uh, Joseph, he's in a band uh, called uh, Faint Peter. That's right. And um, he's going to be playing at the uh, Colossal Soul Block Party. So he came down today. He's from he's from Seattle, originally from Boston. Mm-hmm. And uh, he go moved Red to Seattle. Sox. There we go. go Sox. Red Sox. Yeah. yeah. And we'll oh do them man, this year. don't they? Hey, have you been? And they're to gonna be here next week. Are you gonna go? I'm gonna go. I think on Monday. Yeah. So be prepared the, that 60 percent of the fans will be Red Sox. I guys. know that's how it is in Seattle, man. And yep. and uh, it's how it is in a lot of places. The what's unfortunate is that uh, the Red Sox are gonna be responsible for the Mariners not having an opportunity at the first wild card this year. Oh. And we'll forever blame that on one Nomar Garcia Parra. Uh, Why is yeah. that? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> no ma. It just felt right. Yeah. yeah. Well, there well, was that whole fleecing about 10 years ago when, no, it was longer, 15 years ago, or 99, 2000 maybe, when they made that trade for Derek Lowe yeah. and Jason Veritek. Yeah. And I think they gave up like, I don't know who, it was some like... N- Closers. I don't know who it was, but yeah. they, they traded the Red Sox traded a pitcher and they got back Derek Lowe and Jason Veritek, who both became like, you know, instrumental to that 2004 right. team. Yes. Reminds me of the Mariners, yeah. the way they trade. Oh, they're a farm system for <laughs> yeah. all the good teams. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well said, well said. Yeah. Anyway, oh, wait. Yeah, is where this were a, we? This is MLB TV. MLB yeah. TV. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. I haven't talked that much about the Red Sox in probably five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Jake's a huge Mariner fan, so baseball is. Yeah, right in his alley. Yeah. yeah, well, we'll move on. I don't want to get too yeah. caught up. No, no, uh, the block party. We're talking Colossal Soul Block Party. Colossal Soul Block Party, August 20th. August 20th. Saturday. So we just had a planning meeting tonight uh, with the neighbors and with Jake. And, oh, man, we got a lot of things lined up. Yeah. Including Faint Peter. Faint Peter, I believe, is uh, uh, penciled in for 8 o'clock. That's right. Yep. Penned in for 8 o'clock. Penned man. in yeah, with Sharpie a Marcus Sharpie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Going to be here with the full band. Oh, the full band. Full band. Yeah, I listened to your disc last night. Mm-hmm. It's great, man. Thank you. It's great. I honestly... The full band sounds nothing like that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. But I listened on YouTube as well. 
Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Did um, you see some of those videos we, we put up? The Love was one of them, right? Uh, uh, all, all the Love. All the Love. All the Love. Yeah, that's, not, that's not on the record. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to a few of your covers. You did a Fleet Fox's cover. You did a... Um, oh, yeah. Was it Lamolo? Yeah. Yeah, I did uh, a couple like... Grand Holloway? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Tomo. Tomo yeah. Nakayama. Yeah, I just went through it all. I just listened to it all. Cool. Great. But yeah, no, the first time I heard the record, I, I felt like I wanted to get to know you, man. Because uh, I felt um, like I already knew you in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just, I heard some common influences. For sure. There was. Uh, yeah, what, I'm interested to hear what, what you thought. I you think, heard. I think, I think when we actually met for the first time, which yeah. was at the Fremont Abbey, right, uh, the Cloves, the band show. I played. Yes. Yep. Um, and you were, were you, are you working there? Is that how we? As I was, I was house managing that night. Okay. And I haven't been doing a lot of that lately, but uh, yeah, I mean, I still. Yeah, I'll probably do a little bit more, like you know, w- once or twice a month. Uh-huh. But I, I was working working more at that time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and and then so and then I went home and I listened to, you, you know how you meet other bands or guys in bands, and yeah. then you have so much going on that you're. I'd love to check them out sometimes, but you don't. So much, so often you don't because you have so much going on. And I did, I did listen to your stuff, and I was like, this is amazing. I might have texted you right away too, if I remember right. I think you had in touch pretty quickly, yeah. Yeah, because I was just like, this is that. this is great. And then I think uh, at some point then I asked you to play at the block party because mm-hmm. I wanted wanted you to be a bar- part of it. But I heard some common influences. Um, I mean, obviously, the first one that stuck out to me was Fleet Foxes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, th- I mean, that's that was huge for me. Mm-hmm. Like, um, there's no shame in that for me. I mean, yep. Robin just writes amazing stuff and... and um, He's been definitely an influence on me. Absolutely. Um, that's the first thing that came. Maybe some My Morning Jacket. Oh, yeah. Uh, that came out as well. Um, um, some of your songwriting, maybe maybe some Dylan, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I haven't, I've never listened to a ton of Dylan, and at this point, I don't know if I want to yeah. because I will just start writing Dylan songs. Yeah. I, I feel like I, I will get, or at least there's the... There's, I'll put myself in jeopardy of doing that. Yeah. <laughs> because I think it's so easy to, uh, I mean, I guess when I say I haven't listened to a ton of Dylan, I haven't, I've listened to enough of it to know that if I continue to like get really into it, it will just like steer my songwriting in a direction that I, not necessarily that I don't want it to go in, but that it will, it will just be kind of too much Dylan. Right. You know? Yeah. I think I James, like it's very easy to get there. James Coates, who's the keyboard player in our band, who is an amazing artist on his own. He's he's recording a new album. I think he would totally agree with you. He went really, a, yeah, he, absolutely. He got in a phase where, you know, he just it just started um, eating and breathing Dylan, and then yeah. you know, then I don't know. You are what you start surrounding yourself with, and next thing you know, his song started having that feeling and that. That uh, vibe to everything, and, mm-hmm. and they were great songs. James writes amazing songs. James but. Coates playing uh, closing out tonight at uh, yes. the Colossus Little Block Party August yes. 20th. So he's he's uh, set up to go at 10, 10 yeah, o'clock at night. Ten o'clock, and and James he he knows how to close an evening. Am I he right? does, because yeah. it's half comedy stand up act too. It isn't is, it? and man, it's it's such a weird tension where everything he says is the funniest thing you ever heard, but everything he <laughs> sings is the most deep and dramatic and heartfelt line you've ever heard. So yes, yeah. listening to James is a really unique experience. It is. At least is. for myself. Yeah, I think I think uh, Joseph's gonna love hearing James. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a few yeah, things. I can't wait. There's a few things that when I heard your album, I wanted I wanted to introduce you to James Coates. Yep. For some reason, I just thought you would enjoy some of his stuff. 
there was other stuff on that record that had a spiritual, um, I don't know what to say, spiritual moments throughout the record. Mm -hmm. Some of the the lyrics, which I love it. I love it. I mean, to me, music is spiritual. So whenever you, yeah, whenever you, um, I don't know, start, start, um, probably the most spiritual thing I do. Yeah. Yeah. On a day, on a regular basis, at least. Right. Uh, On the topic, can I just, the elephant in the room, I know we're all thinking it. Just Go. kidding. Probably I am. <laughs> what does uh, redoubt? Can, mm. can you give me a good definition? Because you're talking spiritual, and the first thing I think of when I see what formerly what I perceived as readout, right. uh, <laughs> uh, I th- I am I'm immediately go spiritual with just the the album title. And yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. So I think so. A redoubt is the the technical term. It's like a it's a it's a medieval. Um, I don't know if it's a medieval term, but it, it, they're not really used anymore. It's basically like a an inner fortress okay. um, that I believe protects. Might be it might like protect like a if refer to like a castle keep, like it's kind of protecting a castle keep. I'm not exactly sure about it. I know I've looked it up before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know I've heard. I know I've heard the. I think originally and originally when I heard the term. It was there's a mountain there's a peak up north somewhere in the in the North Cascades called Mount Redoubt or, oh, okay. or whatever. Um, and I definitely remember I I looked up the term at one point and it's essentially the takeaway that I got obviously from it was that it's some kind of it's an inner fortress right okay uh, and then uh, I also appreciated the you know the fact that it's kind of the, because of the way it's, it's spelled and everything and because it you know with the with the re in front. Uh, that you can extrapolate, you know, and there there are multiple meanings mm-hmm. possible mm-hmm. there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think there are, there are definitely multiple ways to read that, which is part of the reason why I picked it. Yeah. Now, Faint Peter. I mean, that. Yeah. That's, oh right. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the, so, <laughs> <laughs> okay. so yeah, yeah, there's that too. So, <laughs> yeah. So explain that for us. Where, where'd that come from? That was that's a name I've been using or I used when I was much younger. And it was definitely originally, you know, just like being in high school or something and thinking, oh, well, I'll, let me just use like a play on words or something, you know. And mm-hmm. so uh, that definitely came from from St. Peter, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that was the original thought. And then when I started doing music again out here, I hadn't used the name for a while. And as uh, I know you are probably well aware, band names are a bitch to yeah. come up with. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we went through about six of them before yeah. we landed on something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and you're still probably like, nah, I don't know if I really like the cin- yeah. They yeah. were the cinnamons for a while. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then they hit the no. close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just went through the spice rack. Yeah, hey, yeah, Grandma, yeah, we're coming. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's so I started using it again because I didn't hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great, I mean... I like yeah, it. Some yeah, some people like it. Some people are like, oh, that's weird. Some people are like, did you say St. Peter? Yeah. <laughs> the, oh, no, I'm sure sorry. you get <laughs> no. Which can be good because then I have to repeat it. And then, you know, maybe it oh, lodges in yeah, the mind yeah, a yeah. little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, like the email address conversation we were having in earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. We, we don't want to give your yeah, no, email no, no. out to everyone no, here. No, 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 yeah, no. We'll, we'll have a special, <laughs> a, yeah, a special hearing. No, but so Jake's email starts with email. So it's email, da, 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 at... Yeah, it's 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 like Faint Peter. It's 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 your own. It's your your best friend, your worst enemy. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and it's memorable though. Well, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so I wanted to play. I wanted to play a track off the record right away. Great. So this this one is called Waiting, 
So this is the one that I just, when I first heard it, I was like, this could land on some commercial radio station, you know, like this had that appeal to me, mm-hmm. you know, not that that's what you aimed for, but it just, I agree. I think, but if, you know if, what if I mean? If any of them have any remote chance of doing that, then this yeah. would be the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, the, the Cloves have songs like that where, you know, we, we don't strive for that, but yeah. then by the end of the recording, you're like, oh my God, this could end up on a soundtrack for yeah. some kind of movie. <laughs> like right. it's just, right. totally. It ended up that way because it's just, it's just a beautiful song. It's got a timeless quality to it. And it just, it's got a hook on it, and it's its just lovely, man. It's just a great song. I don't want to wait to find my love. I had it in the palm of my hands, and now it's gone. It was sturdy like an oak wood floor. It was pure like a troubadour. I don't want to wait to find my love. I don't want to wait to find my hero I'm strong when I need someone to follow where I go Winter makes the world forget Burns my skin like a cigarette I don't want to be without my love And you
I love it. Such a great song. The line that stuck out to me was, it feels like I'm running out of ways to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tell us what that song's about. Uh, that song, I think, is about a couple of things. I think uh, there's part part of the song in there is, or part of the lyric is kind of alluding to, I mean, I wrote that song after having been out here a couple years. I moved out here, like we were talking earlier, I moved mm-hmm. out here about four years ago. Yeah. Um, from from Boston or mm. from outside of Boston, where my parents still live, uh, and so there's part you know there's part part of it is just kind of like you know your typical, uh, you know, whether it's a lamenting a lost relationship or or a past relationship, or something that feels like it's unfinished. But I think there's also part of it uh, feeling like uh, feeling a little lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a little directionless and and far from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the line about the sun in that song? Uh, uh, something about uh, well, the 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 line that I like it, at the end there is uh, I can see, so it's ref- the previous line is referring to the sun, and then yeah. the, the line is uh, I can see it in my mind, but if I look too hard, I'll only end up blind. Yeah, that's what that's what I wanted mm-hmm. to get to. Mm-hmm. I really really like that line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it seems like there's some impatience too. You know, you don't, you didn't want to mm-hmm. wait. It sounds like. And, um, yeah, I think in for sure, for sure. And I think part of, it's funny you say that. So it's, it's interesting talking and I'm sure you've had this experience too. It's interesting talking to people about your songs. Cause there are things in there that you're like, Oh yeah, that probably like, I remember feeling that. And that probably came through in this song without me even realizing it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, par- as far as like, you know, from a from a literal standpoint, I think uh, I've been <laughs> I've been waiting all <laughs> for a long time to finally put something uh, to put a, a record together. Mm-hmm. You know, intentionally, I've been writing songs for fifteen years uh-huh. and uh, or longer at this point, maybe. And uh, it's been I, I've while I've been doing that, I've I've never actually sat down and said, okay, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to go through all these steps. I'm going to write the songs. I'm going to record them. I'm going to put them on an album and I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to say this is a piece of work and finish it and move on. You know, it's always yeah. been like, you know, write some songs, maybe record them, but not, not really do anything with them. So, right. Um, oh, so, I mean, so there's part, there's, yeah, maybe there's some of that in there too. A lot of artists can relate to that for sure. Yeah. And so I asked Jake, I, I said, if was there a song that he liked in particular that we could share on the, the, the podcast and he liked the well mm. the song the well what struck you about that jake just that just that guitar part man that guitar part incredibly intriguing it's it's unlike the other tracks mm-hmm. uh in, in the way that it begins and ends and yeah, yeah. I, I love it this one that track I stand, it's where I stand. 
Track two on Faint Peter's Redoubt. You got it. Yeah, that's a killer song. So catchy. I, here's what I'm imagining, okay? It's like uh, uh, you're hanging out with some friends. Uh, you're over at your buddy's house, and, and he's got uh, a group of people over that, that you don't know too well or have just met for the first time. And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, uh, my, my buddy plays guitar. You should play a song for them. Yeah. And then you just grab a guitar and play The Well. Oh, yeah. It's got to just freak people out, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, a lot of, uh, yeah. It, you ever have, have those experiences with, with buddies when they, they tell their other buddy that you play music or whatever, and then everyone's trying to, to beg you to play music for them live? And You know, fortunately I don't because almost everybody I hang out with is a musician. That's yeah. great. Okay, great. I play. <laughs> They've already heard all the songs. Yeah. So we're talking about songwriting and, and, you know, some of these songs you wrote five, six years ago, some, some of them uh, more recently than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you sit down to write a song, well, Faint, Faint Peter sits down to, to write a song, uh, 
especially in that first song that we listened to, you're talking about how so much of it was an experience or, or an emotion that you're feeling, and then that you just go to, to write about that experience or that emotion. Does that happen in one sitting? Does that happen over the span of a month? Is it always different? Yeah, it's always different. Mm-hmm. For me, it is. Uh, and honestly, most of the... Well, yeah, I could say most of the songs that I write that I end up really liking the most are the ones that start and maybe even sometimes end, and I'm not really sure what the song is about, <laughs> yet, you know? And it kind of... It kind of uh, reveals itself through the writing process, you know? Right, mm-hmm. uh-huh, yeah. Um, and sometimes, like I said, sometimes I get to the end of the writing process and I think, you know, I could go back and edit this and, like, try to make it make sense. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want to make it, like, that... Ex- I don't want to make it explicit. And I don't want to, like... I, I kind of want to spend a little bit more time with this and and sing it and and you know play with the words and see how they feel coming out like physically mm-hmm. i think too like a, a lot of what i write uh starts with with the the consonants and, yeah, the, and the vowels sure. and what you know and just you know i'm sure you do this too you're making like, noises yeah, yeah you're just making noises and like whatever kind of uh sounds feel right you know there's certain sounds that yeah. feel right with certain phrases in the, that don't feel right with others or right. vice versa right uh and so that, i mean that's how my that's a lot of how my songwriting process starts um, if I'm, because a lot of times I'm not lucky enough to just have like you know some lyrics setting sitting around that I really like. I, mm-hmm. I don't tend to write that way, although I'm uh, I'm trying to move more in that direction. But mm-hmm. just as a as a almost as an experiment to see what uh, what happens. Uh, whether you're trying to or not, there's definitely a spiritual quality to these songs, and the well, you know, uh, has that quality to it for me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, so I wanted to touch on that. Is what what has influenced you as far as um, maybe some of your spiritual beliefs or, or mm-hmm. um, I, I've always seen, I've always experienced music as, as kind of a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up playing with people that I uh, were really, really close to me when I was in high school, for instance. Uh, and I've played, you know, my father plays and that was kind of by, my my earliest influence musically was definitely my father. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, from the fact that he uh, was the you know he plays guitar, and you know that was my first kind of like okay, I want to go, I want to go be able to do this. You know, when I'm older, he would sit and you know sing us to sleep at night when we were kids. Yeah. You know, do that kind of thing. And my brother plays, and so I've played a lot of music with people that are really close to me, mm-hmm. and uh, and that that has seemed to be the most spiritual ex- at least or one of the most spiritual experiences that i've had those those kind of experiences mm-hmm. playing playing with people that i that are really important yeah um in in comfortable spaces and you know uh, i'm thinking specifically we used to fortunately i'm not i'm not able to go back uh and and do this during the summers but for about 15 years or so 10 years we went uh we used to go up and do a like a music weekend with a bunch of family friends up in Maine, and, mm-hmm. and that whole that whole weekend was always like this kind of hollowed time, and it almost and almost like a timeless thing too. You know, mm-hmm. we would go up there and and uh, this little island off the coast of Maine, and you know, play music all weekend, and Saturday night would be a big party, and you know, did <clears throat> probably three or four hours of music, and uh, and then everybody would leave, and you know 
a lot of people I didn't see during the year mm -hmm. uh, at all. And then we'd come back and it would be like, you know, nobody had ever left the next year. Yeah. Um, so that's just kind of one example. But, um, you know, I think also, like I was telling you earlier in the kitchen, uh, the first, so the first year I came out here, I did a, I did a volunteer year mm -hmm. and it was, um, there were a lot of different elements to it, but one of the elements was, a, was spirituality because um, mm -hmm. it was a, uh, the program was, um, that I was, uh, selected through or that I was, um, that I came out here with was, is called the Jesuit Volunteer Corps. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, they have some kind of core values, uh, uh, including like simplicity and, and community and right. social justice, and then yeah. then spirituality is, is the is one of the four values that you try to live with during that year. And um, we we read some Thomas Merton, yeah, and for we sure. we uh, we read uh, uh, and talked about um, just a lot of different ways of looking at um, how people are spiritual and mm -hmm. what that means to them, and you know, great conversations about life and uh and death and you know all these things that are centrally important yeah uh to us that we don't always you know have the time or, or we don't take the time or space to yeah to engage with so so when you did that that was about a year that was that was a year long that yeah. was a year and that was the first year i was out here uh what what was your big takeaway from that like when after that year was over what was it like wow i'm gonna uh, that was a lesson i learned here or wow I met so and so that really influenced me. Was there something that you took away from that you'll always remember? Oh, definitely. That was a, that was a super life changing year for me, and and I met um, the the folks that I live with and the folks that I was I met through that year are are, are really special people. And um, you know, I think for me, uh, a couple a couple things that I came out with thinking a lot about. One was was the idea of presence. Mm -hmm. um, finding ways to be present in my life mm -hmm. uh, and whether that's just kind of like being more reflective about what I'm doing, um, being more intentional about what I'm doing and how mm -hmm. I'm spending my time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then I think also, you know, part of that year was um, I came away feeling a deep sense of, of gratitude uh, so I worked on a real change, mm -hmm. uh, which is a street newspaper in Seattle, right. worked in the office there for a year during that year. Um, and I met some of the, mo I mean, you know, I, I, I can't say that, well, first of all, vast majority of people that walked through that door who were, the, who were vendors who, you know, and most of them were living on the street or they'd previously been living on the street, mm -hmm. um, were some of, I can't necessarily say the happiest people, because I don't know if they were, you know, happiness is a, is a, is a weird thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we all define it differently, but certainly some of the most um, gracious and grateful people mm -hmm. uh, that I've ever met mm -hmm. um, and positive people that I've ever met. These are the people selling the newspapers yes, you're saying? Yes, correct. So Real Change, can you explain that for some of our listeners? Yeah, so Real Change is uh, based on a model... Um, uh, the street newspaper model that has been recreated um, all around the world at this point. Um, the uh, Real Change was founded in 94, I believe. So, yeah, it's been here for over two decades, which is which is crazy. It was founded by this guy named Tim Harris, who actually founded a, a similar newspaper in Boston, and that kind of didn't go the way he planned, and then he came out here and, and, uh, and did it out here. And it's grown. Uh, they have about... 15 or 18 people on staff. Um, and basically what it is, uh, is it's a, 
it's a social justice uh, newspaper. Or it's, a, it's a newspaper that is sold on the street by um, uh, homeless and low-income mm-hmm. vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, all the uh, issues um, that are covered in the in the newspaper are you know social justice issues like housing and um, things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, and so the way it works logistically is uh, a vendor has to go in and pay. You know, uh, I, I think right now it's sixty cents per copy or something, mm-hmm. and then they so they make that investment on their own, and they go out and sell on the street for the the, the price on the street is is, is two dollars, mm-hmm. uh, and people will tip vendors and they keep yeah. whatever, they keep whatever they make. They don't ever go back and uh, you know uh, give the organization a, a portion of those mm-hmm. of those proceeds or whatever. So would so if say say uh, you know Jake and I are strolling through Seattle, mm-hmm. going to the crocodile to watch a friend play mm-hmm. and a uh, vendor comes up the real change um you would say buy it it's absolutely well worth it. well worth it yeah it's definitely it's, well worth it's, it. it's a good it's a good organization it's, it's a great it's, organization and it's definitely you know it's more um it you know if if you if you're the kind of person who kind of goes back and forth on the whole panhandling thing like mm-hmm. like myself you know sometimes I'll, I'll do it but other times like you just you just you never know where that is going right right and it's it's just hard it feels hard to like pick you know like yeah. who because they're who, who who am i gonna you know who am i gonna choose now to like give my money to uh-huh. who's asking right because all these people ask you for money if you spend any time downtown yeah but anyways if it's a if it's a real change vendor at least you know that you know they uh, I mean, you should always look for the badge first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure they have a badge on, like a current badge. Um, color changes every year, <laughs> so you should. Okay. Yeah, so you ha- so you have to kind of keep up, keep uh, a lookout for that, because there are uh, for the program there are uh, certain requirements people have to um, uh, that people are held to uh, mm-hmm. as far as like behavioral things and you know not drinking on the job and which happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and and. You know, some some vendors, unfortunately, you know, or, or some customers, unfortunately, will occasionally get harassed by people, and that's not good. And right, you know, those people are are disciplined. They're either suspended or they're told they can't sell the paper anymore. So yeah, um, but you can, uh, if if that doesn't happen, you know, if that's not your experience, and uh, and you're buying the newspaper, and you can be um, fairly certain that uh, that person is uh, at least. Um, you know they've invested in something, and they are, are at least kind of trying to they're trying to use that that money for something. Yeah. That uh, and, and not not to say that that's the end all be all of you know giving money to people on the street that they have to be using it for something, you know, uh, to better themselves or whatever. You know, hopefully, obviously, you think that that right. You'd hope that would be the case, but um, yeah, no, it's I've, a great organization. I've definitely bought copies of that. Um, one comes to my um, outside the Wallingford. Um, is it a Safeway or Thriftway? Anyways, there seems to be a gentleman that's always out there whenever I go up. Um, yeah, yeah, he's right where our, our, our guitar player lives up in Wallingford. And um, but yeah, and I and I've always wondered. I've always wondered. So I'm glad that you shared some um, some information about that organization. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about the Wallingford, the QFC there. Yeah, QFC. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, I think there's somebody who's been there for years, and I'm forgetting what his name is, but or maybe I don't know. Maybe, yeah. it's, maybe it's changed at this point. But that's just a good location, probably for it. It is, yeah, yeah. You, you know what gets no respect is QFC, man. <laughs> it perfect examples. You thought it was a thriftway or something. Here. Yeah, we're, I've, no, I've never even seen a thriftway. <laughs> or Safeway. Oh, is, 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 it, is there thrift? There's not a thrift. There's no thriftway happening in Seattle. You know, th- is that is there a thriftway down here? 
This is well, uh, there used to be. Well, so yeah, stadium turfway, huh? It's the one that it says Wallingford, like marquee. Type oh yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's QFC. Yeah, oh, this is yeah. a, a hip QFC. Yeah. yeah. No, so I just wanted to piggyback on what you had to say because you touched on some of the things we're trying to do here at Colossal Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this is a plug here, but I'm, I just really want to explain to people what we're doing, and and that is uh, we work under three pillars: creative, conscious, community. And so right we're trying to do creative things that uh, include music and mm-hmm. the arts. Um, be conscious about what we're doing. Like mm-hmm. you said, be present. Mm-hmm. Um, be intentional about mm-hmm. it. And then um, last, community. We want to build community with it. So like what you were saying um, about once a year, you know, you would get together and play music, and then it felt like you picked up right where it left off. Yeah. And So that's what we're doing with our events. So we totally. have a Colossal Soul holiday show, and we have a Colossal Soul block party. Um, formerly known as Blueberry Fest. We've done it for five years, and there's people who only see each other at these events, mm-hmm. and they just pick up where they left off. Right. And so we really, really want to foster community through these events, and that's one reason why we invited you to play, because um, from the first time I heard your record, I knew you got it. You mm-hmm. know, you understood. You understood what what we're trying to do. Cool. Man, we were, yeah, when... when uh, <laughs> We were talking about artists. We, we wanted to bring somebody. I, Michael's in this the last few years where we kind of have some, some local folks. And by local, we mean we mean extremely local. We like to get people from Sumner mm-hmm. and the Valley here and from Tacoma. And, yeah. and in the past few years, uh, it's kind of been the goal to get somebody out that, that's new um, and maybe has put something out recently, has a little bit of, of traction. It's kind of fun to, to work with somebody like that. And, and when Michael uh, had just met you and he brought up your record and he, he played a couple of songs for me it was just man, we were both just so hopeful that the date was available mm-hmm. yeah uh, and man yeah we, we it's it's exciting so yeah. so excited to hear him on
that line, put out your best, the universe will do the rest. Yeah, that, uh, a guy that I worked with, older guy, uh, my first year out of school, uh, first year out of college, this was like four or five years ago, Mm -hmm. um, working a really like kind of terrible job and I won't even go into the whole thing, but this guy kind of became, uh, he was also working there and we spent a lot of time together, um, and he kind of became a little bit of a mentor. And he used to, he used to say that to me. He says, "Just do your best, Universal, or yeah, just do your best, Universal. Do the rest." You know? Yeah. And that was kind of one of his mottos. He had all these like you know these little quips that he would, yeah, that he would throw around. Uh, yeah. But you know some of them really kind of stuck with me. So. Yeah. Do you believe that one? Yeah, man. I mean, I think, I think you can't. That's all you can do. You know. Right. Y- you can't. There's. I think what that really speaks to is that. There are only so many things that are in your control, mm-hmm. and you have to be okay with all of the many, many infinite other things that are not in your control. Yeah, for sure. And because you know, and I find myself doing that a lot of the time. You know, feeling like I, I need to control things that are outside of my my ability to do so. Right. You know, and that's it's such a waste of your energy, and you know, it, it just leads to stress and anxiety and fear. And I think. I think we live in like a culture that breeds, especially anxiety. I mean, depression, you can say one thing, but certainly anxiety. Yeah. You know, um, if you, if you got your phone on you uh-huh. at all times, uh-huh. you're probably anxious about something. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Because you're always being ripped away from what you're doing in the present moment. Right. You know, in the present time and space. Yeah. You're warping, you know, your reality is being warped just by the fact that you, like, can get in touch with anybody you want at any time. Yeah. You can check, you know, if you're on the bus and you're going somewhere, you can just check out and, like, you know, look look at the news or go right. on Facebook or whatever it is. And we're, like, constantly just tearing ourselves out of our present reality. I think you made a great point about the phone um, because there's always a temptation to do something other than you're doing. Yep. Or whatever you're doing at that time is not entertaining you it's enough. Not good enough. There's, yeah. You can always peace out and mm-hmm. then go to something that is, mm-hmm. you know, and that, especially for someone who has some ADD tendencies, which I have a little bit of that, mm-hmm. that can be a struggle, you know. And it's, and it's, it's so bad for creativity mm. because the, I believe that in order to be creative, you, you have to be okay with being bored. Mm. You have to be like, you have to allow yourself that space, yeah. right? Yeah. And when I say bored, what I really mean is like, you have to allow yourself that silence and that space for your mind to just kind of like wander. Right. And, and for things to, for your, for, so that you can make certain connections, you uh-huh. know? Like, and I use the example of being on the bus because I think that's like one of the, uh, or whether it's like in the shower or, you know, or, uh, yeah. you know, right before you're about to, not, not off to, off to sleep, sure. you know, and all these these periods where you're not re- you're doing something, but you're not really engaged. Your mind isn't engaged, yeah. right? And so it allows it just allows your mind that t- that time to uh, kind of cycle through all of the things that you've been taking in over the last day or whatever mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. the last few hours, and and reflect on them. Yeah. And then if you're lucky as a creative, I mean, I think what as a creative person, what you try to do, what I try to do is then 
if I allow myself that time, I find that, and also I'm doing other things like reading and mm-hmm. writing and being mm-hmm. like good about those practices. I find that that those are the times when the, the kind of certain things will poke their heads above the surface, mm-hmm. and it's my job as a creative person to, to, uh, grab onto those seeds, seeds, yeah. or perception or just a certain way of looking at something right and then run with that yeah and and see where it takes me but if i don't have that time if i'm pulling out my phone every time i'm like quote unquote bored mm-hmm. or i'm not engaged in something which i do all the time right you know because i i can't help it mm-hmm. uh but if i allow myself to to just sit in that space then it's more likely that i can Th- those ideas will come for sure. Yeah, we we um, uh, we're recording this podcast on uh, what is today Tuesday, Tuesday, and it's the same night of um, the Democratic National Convention, the second day. Mm-hmm. You gonna uh, roll some clips? Well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, I just, Bill's speech maybe. Bill's yeah. speech. So we missed Bill's speech. So I think we'll we'll watch uh, Bill Clinton's speech some other time. But anyways, what I wanted to say was we're running late. It's a it's it's almost ten o'clock, and we have our co-host here, Jake Lodine. And H- I know we got to get you to bed. You're opening up. Well, I hate to Anth- say it. I, I've I've been going to bed at uh, eight o'clock since I was about sixteen. So yeah, no, <laughs> no. Well, I mean, well, hey, you're a father thing, now. Well, hey. So that's another reason you got to get. Let to me bed tell early, you right? something, man. One, one thing I respect that you that you you're doing as a host right now is you brought, but you said knock it out of the park. Bill Clinton knocked it out of the park. What did we start with? Baseball. There we wow. go. Yeah. Man, you're acting like this ain't. This is just you know a <laughs> hobby. Come on now, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. No, we came back around. No, so I just wanted to thank Jake for joining us today. And yeah, and I'm slipping away. Yo, so hey, we get to, we got to see Georgia today. Your baby. Oh yeah. Your daughter. Did she? Did she throw? Well, she threw up on Kathleen. She threw up. They on don't my call it throwing Kathleen. up with babies because yeah, that would sound them, yeah, yeah. They yeah. make them sound like way too drunk at all times. Yeah. <laughs> she was. She had spit up a bit on Kathleen. Her eyes are just gorgeous. They're so Dude, wide they open rock, and yeah. just. Today was her four month appointment. She's just healthy as healthy a, good as an ox. She yeah, just seems great. excited about life. Yeah, she's a, like she's, she's just taking it all yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, so I wanted to thank you, Jake. I just want to remind all our listeners that your band will be playing at the block party. Yeah, seven o'clock. Set, seven o'clock. Set the o'clock. stage for Faint Peter. So yeah, so if you <laughs> if yeah if you want to learn more about Jake Lodina and the Fisherman's Daughter, uh, listen to the first podcast. We go through his uh, EP. It's debut EP, and we uh-huh. almost play every track on that thing. We play quite a few, yeah. Yeah, it's a long-winded podcast. Yeah, so if you got, yeah, if you're if you're commuting to Idaho, it's a great <laughs> thing to pop into your discman. It's really good. My mom bought a copy of it just the other day. I see, yeah, I saw that. I'm gonna check in with her, see yeah. what she thinks. I'm sure she'll love it. It's yeah, great. Good, good. Yeah, so I, I just want to play another track here as Jake has to get to bed. And yeah, and uh, appreciate you guys having me. Uh, great to meet you. I, very, you too, yeah, yeah, very excited to be. Uh, playing some tunes uh, with Joseph and Saint Peter. Thank you. 
bills all sealed and paid in full I didn't leave a letter handwritten and hidden in the pages of your favorite book I didn't leave one damn thing and I sold my wedding ring I'm just making up for what you told produces creative, conscious content, as well as organizes community fostering events. If you would like to learn more about us and our guests, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Colossal Soul. We'd love for you to join us in commenting, subscribing, and sharing using our hashtag Colossal Community. 
If you enjoyed this program and would like to support us, please click the contribute button at ColossalSoul.com. We thank you so much for your continued support. Colossal Soul, creative, conscious community. Whether it's whatever word you put on it, whatever, whether it's love or whether it's, you know, supreme being or the universe or, yeah. you know, the unknown. Uh, A loving or, presence. Or, yeah. Yeah. Right. We're all talking about the same thing. Yeah. In my opinion. You're right. And and we're all talking about something that is beyond our comprehension. Mm-hmm. That's, oh. Yeah. That, that seems to be present. Yeah. Uh, within us, between us, the energy that flows between us. Yeah. Energy that flows between people, between living things. Yeah. And and I I I value I value and recognize that as being something that I want to hold on to. Yeah. And I don't want to throw that out. Right. I don't want to throw out that sense of wonder 